Welcome in to News and Views with Tom Lamprecht. The stories you've heard and the ones you need to hear. And folks, we're just getting started. Fentanyl is killing more than 70,000 Americans a year. Biden's fault. Secure our southern border. Has Joe Biden ever called Twitter to take down content or urge you to take down content? Hunter's laptop. I don't know the answer to that question, sir. China continues to remain a global threat. To fly a spy balloon. Your life, your values, your voice. This is News and Views with Tom Lamprecht on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. All right, welcome in. It was uh, tough, but I managed to watch most of it last night. Uh, Biden spending 70 minutes bloviating about the uh, current state of affairs. and Well, he didn't really. He didn't talk about the current state of affairs. He spent most of the time reminding us all that uh, socialism and big government are here. Seriously. And, Seriously, uh, yeah, seriously, mean, go look it up. <laughs> go look it up, Jack. Uh, yeah, he was started out by talking about how he was a great uniter. Then he spent the other sixty-nine minutes showing he's the great divider, very partisan. He slurred his way through lie after lie. I, I'm sorry, it's just it was, and, and you know the response from the Republicans was loud, and uh, I, you know. I understand that, you know, the decorum is something. Of course, Nancy Pelosi, when she was the Speaker of the House. Don't mess with me. Stood up and tore up Donald Trump's speech. And, of course, his first State of the Union speech, Donald Trump uh, gave it, and people were booing him, and people walked out on that speech. Democrats walked out. But, uh, you know, they're talking about decorum. It was interesting to see. And, you know, the, the Republicans were there. In the room, you know, responding loudly and boisterously to what was being said. And I thought to myself, well, you know, how many Americans are home doing the same thing, throwing shoes at the TV set? <laughs> it was an interesting speech. Uh, it was a campaign speech, mostly, I think. Uh, I, would, I would have classified it as that. I mean, it was a, a long wish list and a lot of promises that he's not going to be able to keep. Um, to talk about it with us this afternoon, uh, along with uh, Benny and I, Joel Griffith is a research fellow in the Thomas A. Rowe Institute for Economic Policies at the uh, Federal, uh, the, uh, Her- the Heritage Foundation, I should say. Joel's written commentaries. He's been in The Hill, Wall Street Journal, Forbes, and Investor's Business Daily, The Washington Times. Uh, he's also made appearances on Fox News and Business, uh, Fox Business. And now his resume is complete as he joins us here on uh, News and Views. Joel, good to have you with us. Hey, thanks for having me today. You bet. Um, so give us your initial reaction. I, I imagine it's uh, similar to what we felt, but uh, give, us, give us some insights and reaction up at the uh, Heritage Foundation today. Well, it seems like President Biden is living in a different universe. You know, just prior to the State of the Union address, he tweeted out, um, boasting of the economic records. That's his word, economic records of the administration. And uh, yeah, he didn't really mention his record uh, last night, the records he actually set, because they're an absolute embarrassment. I'm talking about things like disposable income, the money that we have left over after paying the basic bills. That, that declined last year by 6%, the biggest right. decline since the Great Depression. Now, these are numbers that are coming out of our own Bureau of Labor Statistics, the number of full-time jobs is shrinking. We've been losing hundreds of full-time jobs, actually thousands, each and every week now, dating back to early summer. And, of course, housing. If you're looking to buy a house, you're noticing the payments are around $10,000 a year higher right now than they were two years ago. Families are feeling the pinch. And then he goes up on stage in front of millions of people last night and paints this picture 
of an economy that is rosy and booming. And that's just simply not the case. And I think the viewers know that because we're dealing with the economic pain right now. All of us are. Were you surprised at the response of Republicans in the room? Um, look, I, I'm surprised that there wasn't a bit more uh, uh, booing and a bit more uh, silence um, at, at times. Um, I mean, the, the speech itself, even the promises that he was trying to make, uh, are going to come with uh, an enormous uh, price tag that we just simply cannot afford. And you would think that after three years of experimenting with printing trillions of dollars to pay for a bigger government, and now the inflation has resulted in the slow economic growth and actually shrinking the economy back of last year, you would think that both Republicans and Democrats would join together and say enough is enough. What was the most bizarre thing that he said? I, I thought when he went and started talking about how terrible fentanyl was, I thought, and, and of course the Republicans responded pretty boisterously to that, uh, appropriately so. Oh, my God. I, I thought the, the, the oh, there's so many moments. One of the ones that really sticks out is when the president blamed rising crime on COVID. Yeah. And I lived in Washington, D.C. for 10 years. I lived there up until... Um, right around the time that Biden became president, and I saw the rising crime. Look, that wasn't because of COVID. It's because the political leaders in Chicago and D.C. and San Francisco catered to BLM. They actually installed district attorneys that were embraced by George Soros, district attorneys that actually want to release criminals into the streets. That's why crime is soaring. In Florida, new numbers just came out of Florida. Crime is at a 50-year low in Florida. So don't be, they should not be blaming, to blame this on COVID is absolutely ludicrous. Violent crime is here because left-wing politicians are letting these criminals roam freely. We're talking to Joel Griffin uh, from the Heritage Foundation on uh, last night's uh, State of the Union. Benny Hardy is with us. Uh, Joel, he's got a question for you. Uh, Joe, uh, Tom mentioned in your, his introduction of you that you're the, uh, a fellow at the Thomas Rowe Institute for Economic Policy Studies, and I noticed in your bio you've worked in the private sector and you know written extensively on economic and tax policy. You know, th there was very little said last night ex ex uh, as far as the debt issues go, except for, you know, the, the impending debt limit uh, fight that always comes up every few years. Um, and, you know, honestly, uh, you know, people that study these things and know, know these things, uh, we've had on our show a number of times uh, former Comptroller General David Walker um, to talk about these things. But, you know, honestly, y you know, Nothing has been done by either party really to address it, uh, regardless of who's in power. Do you, do you think there's any political will at all to truly address the structural issues, the fact that you know only 27% of our budget is discretionary and, and, and it can't be changed until we address those structural issues? Do you think there's any political will at all to even discuss it in Washington? Um, no, you're, you're right. Both Republicans and Democrats have been responsible for this enormous growth in government spending. Um, during the Trump administration, Democrats and Republicans joined together, and President Trump signed into law trillions of dollars of spending that we don't have, and of course the Fed printed that money. I think it's very uh, important now that we have this debt ceiling debate coming up that we learn from some of the positive lessons of the past. If you go back nearly 10 years now, um, we had what was called a sequester, where Republicans in Congress, conservatives, pushed back against then-President Obama and said, look, if we're going to raise that debt ceiling, we're going to put in place um, yeah, um, some uh, some spending reforms. And you actually saw over around about a four-year period, federal spending held flat while the economy grew, and that allowed the deficit to shrink. That's exactly what conservatives, and really, Democrats should be concerned about this, too.
But we need to see conservatives in Congress stand together and tell President Biden and tell the liberals that, look, if we're going to raise this debt ceiling, then we need to have in place a spending cap equal to last year's spending, which is still dramatically higher than where it was a few years ago, and that we need to have real programmatic spending reforms going forward. Only then should they agree to lift that debt ceiling. They should be using this as a tool to get us back on the right track. You know, it was interesting the number of times last night that Joe Biden took credit for things that Donald Trump has done. In fact, some of the themes of the speech were Donald Trump. I mean, in terms of let's bring back industry and manufacturing to the United States, uh, the forgotten man he talked about, and uh, how everything that he was going to build on the infrastructure was going to be made in America. I thought all of those things are Donald Trump's ideas. Yeah, and remember when uh, President Obama, with Joe Biden as his vice president, essentially said that uh, the days of American manufacturing are over. Yeah. They're over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, well look, a, a lot of actually this idea that we're manufacturing with a home, a lot of that's actually pathology. If you look at the manufacturing output, we actually have not seen a significant decline. We're actually manufacturing more with uh, less, so to speak, and that's actually allowed our middle class to become much better off today than it was 40 years ago. And unfortunately, you have you have politicians, and this isn't just Democrat politicians. You have Republican politicians as well that 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 uh, that, that don't want to actually acknowledge the fact that we are better off today than we were a few generations ago. And that's because we have the rule of law. It's also because we've actually extended free trade. I'm talking about actual free trade, where you know people here can produce, other folks across the ocean can produce, and we can exchange. Those good. That's allowed our middle class to become better off, and in fact, the most well-off middle class um, that we've ever seen in the history of mankind. You know, it wasn't too many years ago that the Democrats had the video of uh, Grandma being pushed off uh, a cliff. <laughs> I can't remember what uh, campaign that was for, but uh, it, it seems like Joe's bringing that back as he's basically saying that you know because the Republicans refuse to raise the debt ceiling, they actually want to do away with Medicare, Medicaid, and Social Security. Um, do you think any of uh, the the whoppers that uh, Joe came out with last night would will resonate with uh, the American people? I mean, basically, look, they are living. They they know firsthand every time they buy gasoline or they go to the grocery store how bad things are. Uh, it, it would seem to me, first of all, I wonder how many people actually watched the the uh, State of the Union last night. But even those who watched it, do you think they believed it? I think people are getting used to these scare tactics that politicians like Biden sees are out there. You know, Republicans aren't looking. Uh, you know, it, it, what we're talking about, what conservatives are talking about when it comes to fiscal reforms, is we're just simply acknowledging that we have to reform our spending. We have to have progress policies. Otherwise, there's no way we are going to afford the social safety net. And it's not that that anyone is that they're going to be abolishing anyone will abolish the security or Medicare or Medicaid. It's just that. The way things stand now with our economy stagnant, you're going to either have to borrow the money or print the money. And either one of those options results in slower economic growth and much higher prices. And those higher prices aren't borne just by the wealthy. They're borne by the middle class as well. I think we really should be taking the warning signs from Europe. If you look at Europe, which has had huge, much larger governments than we have now for many decades, look at what the middle class are paying in terms of taxes. Payroll tax in France is almost 56%. There's no way that you can make these promises to expand government and just have the wealthy pay for it. We actually added up at Heritage all these promises that were made over the last few years by people on the left, and we said, well, what happens if you take every dollar 
made by corporations from penny one. Take every dollar from people that are earning more than $200,000 a year for their first dollar of income, and guess what? Taking all that money would not pay for all of the promises on these expanded Green New Deal, universal basic income, and student loan forgiveness. You can't pay for it just by going after the wealthy. The only way the left can pay for these promises is print the money, which is going to cause inflation, or to actually put in place higher taxes on just regular um, income-earning people. Joe, the uh, Republican response was presented by Arkansas Governor uh, Sarah Huckabee Sanders, which, of course, was uh, Donald Trump's press secretary for the first couple of years. Uh, what, what do you think about her response and, and, and what, how she delivered it and, and what the message was? Well, Gov- Governor uh, uh, Sarah Huckabee Sanders, uh, I thought, made a great argument that you know, in, in years gone by, the division in the United States was left and right, right? You liberals and conservatives. Well, now it's the woke crazies yeah. <laughs> versus the normal people. And that is what has come down to. You look at the other day, right before the State of the Union, you had hundreds of crazy woke protesters invading um, the Oklahoma State Capitol building in the middle of the country, hundreds of people. And we yep. see this happening now coast to coast. And I think, uh, yep, Chad, those words for me ring very very true. I tell you what, I'll even take it a step further, Joel. I thought she hit it out of the park, not only in content, and, but she could really deliver a speech well. She's good. She well. was really good. I mean, you know, afterwards they said it was 15 minutes, and I thought, really? I thought it was like five or six minutes because it was a very captivating speech. She's got a future. Well, just in her first month in office, and I'm glad she highlighted this last night, um, she ended the sort of ridiculous COVID state of emergency that still remained in Arkansas, of all places, and she's already moving to ensure that this woke ideology will not be taught to kids in public schools. And this is just in the first month or month and a half in office. Do you think we're going to continue to see a migration of people based on the political philosophies of states? I mean, we've already seen it to some degree, um, but is it going to continue? Well, yeah, we, now we've been seeing this now for several decades. If you look on a map, uh, uh, there's a great one on howmoneywalks.com, and you can see the flow of both wealth and population from county to county. And you see across the south, especially Florida and Texas and Georgia, green all over. And then you see red right from California and New York. And the people that are actually relocating to the conservative states, it turns out they're not taking the politics with them. And that's a big part of the reason why Florida, after meeting hundreds of thousands of people from New York, Florida went for, uh, what, 15, uh, uh, Governor DeSantis won re-election by more than 10 percentage points. And set a record, won yeah. Miami-Dade County. Yeah. Won the majority of the vote in Miami-Dade County, uh, won about half of the Hispanic vote, won 45% of the Jewish vote. That's because the people that are actually moving to free states, those are, for the most part, those who value freedom. And I think you're going to see that trend continue. And that was a great uh, um, comment that Sarah made last night. I mean, I'm ad-libbing, but basically she said, you know, America's great because we are free. Today our freedom is under attack, and America we love is in danger, and uh, it's, time for, uh, it's time for a change. She also seemed to be making a little bit of appeal to, uh, you know, let's hand it off to the younger generation, not only to, I mean, I'm... I'm I'm connecting the dots here, but I think there was a little bit of a message to Donald Trump as well. Did you pick up on that? Yeah, I did. And, you know, I'm not one of those who think that people should be disqualified from serving because of age. I mean, look at President Ronald Reagan, who right. was uh, in his 70s. Uh, I don't think age is the problem. Biden's problem is not that he's old. You know, there are a lot of younger politicians that are incredibly woke that I don't want anywhere near position of power. Look at uh, Congress, uh, Congresswoman Ocasio-Cortez, who's a socialist. 
Um, and then you've got Gavin Newsom, who's a young, good-looking governor in California, but he's also far on the left and implementing policies that are dangerous and expensive and bankrupting businesses in California. Age really is not the issue here. The issue are what policies, what is the ideology, what is the character of the person running for office? Yeah. Well, I think with Biden it is age two. <laughs> He's yeah, having a hard time. To bring together a sentence. There's, uh, yes, age sometimes is correlated with an inability, um, with a, with a high, um, less cognitive ability sometimes. And it does seem, based on his, once again, his speech last night, it seems as if things are getting a bit aged for the president. Were you surprised about how uh, CNN especially was just, they were just all over this. I mean, who was you were saying, Benny, before? Uh, Jake, on there? Ta- Jake Taffer. Jake, yeah, yeah, he said this is the best State of the Union speech he's ever heard. <laughs> well, maybe this is the first one that he's listened to. Uh, <laughs> I've about every one of them since I was eight or nine years old. This was a snoozer. It was hard to actually Here's some of the sentences. I actually ended up reading the trans reading the transcripts so I could respond. Oh, which makes you another crazy statement the president made. He was talking about the hundred billion dollars plus that's going to be used to crack down on billionaire tax cheaters. Well, yeah. you know, we dug into that at Heritage uh, about a month and a half ago when the legislature reconsidered. And uh, the the fact is, a lot of these new funds, eighty seven thousand agents, that's going to be going after middle class families and small businesses. And we have the data to show. That's exactly what those resources for auditing have been used for in the past. So that was a flat-out lie that he told um, well, last night. In his well, just, ju- just, let, just yesterday, the day he's giving that speech, the Biden administration came out and said they're going to crack down on waiters and waitresses to make sure they're not cheating on the tips they get. And then he turns around last well, night and says <laughs> the opposite. Yeah, it's... Uh, yeah, I, I, I doubt that many of these folks in the administration have actually had those types of jobs as a bartender, as a server, and to be going after shaking them down and also going after small businesses. Yeah. And they keep saying, oh, we're going after no one who earns less than $400,000 a year. Well, number one, that's not what the law says. Um, there's nothing that restricts it. But number two, when you're talking about small businesses, oftentimes small businesses are bringing in $400,000 of revenue a year. They're barely making a profit because they're paying out their employees. Yep. Those are the folks that are going to be impacted. And look, even if you've been paying your taxes on time, uh, you get audited. It's a lot of stress. It's a lot of money, yep. and it can still bankrupt you. Yep, absolutely. Hey, Joel, thanks for your insights. Appreciate all the work that the Heritage Foundation does. How can folks? Uh, are you on Twitter, or how can they follow you? Uh, I'm on Twitter, Joel Griffith. But go to heritage.org and any issue that you want to arm yourself with information on. It's a very navigable site, and you'll have uh, a wealth of information at your fingertips. We use it all the time. Thanks, Joel. Appreciate it. Thanks, Joel. Thanks. Have a good night. You do. You too. Hey, listen, uh, stay with us because we've got lots more to talk about. I've got some audio from last night, which is uh, rather interesting, and uh, we ought to give away a prize. If you can figure out what Joe actually said, uh, maybe we'll... Conversion. (laughs) Stay with us. He likes conversion. Gas prices, rising costs, groceries. Everything is massive inflation, way up, going through the roof. It's outrageous. Hold on to your wallet. What's coming through your speaker? Information, the latest news and updates, or your smart device. The conversation right now. This is complete insanity. It's free. There's a lot going on right now. We have to understand what that means. Listen on the TuneIn Radio app and talk 96.3 and 103.7. Welcome back in. It is News and Views for a Wednesday. Quick look at your weather forecast tonight. A few clouds, a low around 45. 
Man, it was nice out today. Beautiful. I mean, it was really nice out today. Uh, tomorrow, uh, again, high of 74, partly cloudy skies. Friday, the rain comes in in the afternoon, a high of 71. And uh, the weekend, unfortunately, it looks like there's a good chance of rain both Saturday and Sunday. So, sorry, I know it's the weekend. What's the deal with that? But uh, Today is National Kite Flying Day. Unlike tell Joe Biden to go fly, go fly a kite. kite. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, just, I forget. Uh 113 years ago today, the Boy Scouts of America was founded. And unfortunately, what once was a excellent organization has, uh, has well, well, slidden. Parts of it, ha- and you know, there there are still some troops out there that are really sharp. Yeah. But uh, at the top, there's a, a lot of a lot of wokeism in there. And it's also my boy's birthday. Oh, happy birthday, guys! Jacob and Joshua. So happy birthday if you're listening. Yeah. 18. You're in trouble, buddy. <laughs> so, it's just now getting interesting. 18, huh? Well, getting closer to getting off the payroll. There you go. <laughs> so, um, last night, as you were watching the State of the Union, if you were, uh, you know, again, they said, what, 28% of Americans would watch it. I, I, it was, uh, or at least watch a portion of it. I can't imagine what happened? anybody watched the whole thing. Have you ever wondered if the politicians and attendants at the State of the Union were told, even commanded, you will jump up and clap at this particular moment? (laughs) Now, um, Biden put that question to rest last night. One of the strangest portions, get ready, uh, Clark, this is cut one. One of the strangest portions of the angry old man yelling at us Tuesday night was when um, President Biden took his beady little eyes gleaming with rage and hate and shouted, Make no mistake, if you try anything to raise the cost of fish and reserves above, I will veto it. True international to pressure. Uh, here he is, saying it himself. Cut one. Go for it, Clark. Make no mistake. If you try anything to raise the cost of receiving jobs, I will veto it. <laughs> The cost you of, know the you know the thing. Yeah, the cost of vision of jobs. Good gracious. Mm. Now here's the question. Now, you heard it. Play it again. Play it again, real quick. Now, Make no mistake. If you try anything to raise the cost of vision jobs, I will veto it. Why would you stand up and applaud that? <laughs> we don't even know what it is. Uh, well, most Democrats aren't very smart. Uh, Kamala gave a standing ovation, and I, I remember watching. That and I said, "What do they have? What do they happy about?" <laughs> I, I think, yeah, I think Kamala standing up and and all the crowd standing up. I think it was just diversion. I was like, "Let's let's try to create a diversion from this old feeble old fool that called the president of the United States." I hate to call him that, but he is. Yeah. Oh, he anyway, is. we he's gonna he's gonna if you try to raise the price of fish and bugs. He's going to veto it, so that's good. Um, the WhiteHouse.gov came to the rescue like a loyal nurse wiping up the slobber off of an elderly gentleman. They have the gift of interpretation, apparently. What he meant to say was, make no mistake, if you try anything to raise the cost of prescription drugs, I will veto it. Why would Republicans want to raise the price of prescription drugs? Now... Uh, what he really is saying is, if, what are we talking about? Yeah, if if uh, 
you try to keep our uh, our forcing prescription drugs to stay low and penalizing drug companies. And that, look, there's no, there's no big sympathy by anybody right now for the pharmaceutical companies. Um, but WhiteHouse.gov then told us in 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 the release after the speech was done, they released it and they said there was there was an enormous applause after he made that statement. As if that was a reasonable moment, um, but uh, it was fun, funny because before they came out with the what, the interpretation, um, Fish and the Jubs was apparently <laughs> uh, on Twitter. People said they're at you know they were trying to guess what he has actually meant. He, some people said Brazilian jobs, other people said if you try to veto fish and chips, <laughs> other people said if you try to veto Virginia jobs. Um, but one person said not even a subtitle could have translated what he meant. <laughs> but uh, that was old Joe. Um, I, you know, another bizarre comment, though, was <laughs> thanks to Joe, now the people who flip burgers at McDonald's, <laughs> they don't have to sign non-compete <laughs> contracts anymore. Yeah. Mm. Like, like that was a big issue. Yeah, that's 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 a big deal for employers to make sure they lock in their burger flippers. <laughs> Good grief! Get your facts straight, Jack. I mean, anyone that was listening to that last night, including you know the people in the in the chambers, but mostly people across the United States that had any idea about the way business works, they probably all looked at each other and was like, "What the hell is he talking yeah. about?" Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I thought the the most insulting comment of the night that he made, and again, you know, he starts out talking about how he's the great uniter and, you know, complimenting Mitch McConnell and Kevin McCarthy, and, and then he turns around and literally spends the rest of the time just tearing everybody apart and you know, making evident how partisan he was. But at one point when he, he talked about, he introduced Paul Pelosi. And he said, I quote, I'm reading it from the speech, just a few months ago, unhinged by the big lie, an assassin unleashed political violence in the home of then Speaker of this House of Representatives, using the very same language that the insurrectionists who stalked these halls chanted on January 6th. Now, I mean, you don't have to be any rocket scientist to know that he basically was saying he was tying this guy, David DePap to uh, the January 6th uh, insurrection mm -hmm. uh, up at the Capitol. And uh, basically, and the tie-in was that this guy was uh, was a MAGA guy, which his, uh, his, this guy's own son said, no, this guy's a lefty. He's no, he's no uh, conservative at all. But I, that, was, that was just, uh, I mean, that kind of garbage that uh, he, he was just spewing forth the entire time was just... <clears throat> Uh, and he was he was hardly a uniter. Let me put it that way. Five six one eight two five five. Our old buddy Sutton's on the line. Sutton, welcome in. What did you think? Hey, Sutton. Well, 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 guys. How y'all doing? We're doing, doing well. Wasn't that a great speech last night? <laughs> <laughs> if you have insomnia and you wanted to fall asleep, it was a great speech. Anyway. And them guys were colored up on him like he did a great job. Them Democrat guys like they just have to be around him. They make all of them look stupid. Gonna color up around him and tell, tell like he did such great things. They sack him with their heads. 
But my man was saying a while ago something about flying a kite. He said, tell Biden to go fly a kite or something. Come on, man. Thank you. Yeah, my man right there talking about, did they, that, you were talking about National Kite Flying Day or something. Yeah, yeah, National Kite Flying Day. Yeah, you say go tell Biden to fly a kite. Well, you tell him to fly a kite if it don't fly to be Trump fault. <laughs> <laughs> so everything happens is Trump fault. I don't see how everything Everything. It looks like to me, he ought to understand that people done been down that road long enough. That road got to end somewhere. Yeah. Everything Trump brought. The m- balloons flying around the United States. Oh, Trump done let three fly around and he didn't do nothing. Ain't no way under the sun uh, a, a balloon like that would have came into the United States coastal plain and and, and, and um, Trump would have shot it down. Yeah. He would have shot it down on Star Wars. Yeah. Well, you know, not to sound overly crude, but it's uh, like the old line is, uh, don't urinate on my head and tell me it's raining. That's right. And that's basically what Joe Biden did last night. That's what Josie Wheel said. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Hey, Sutton, good to hear from you. Thanks for the call. 561-8255. Gary's on the line. Hey, Gary. Hey, Gary. Hey, how you doing today? uh, How are your ears doing after listening to all that rhetoric last night? It was painful, was it not? Uh, it was it was it was painful. It was aggravating, and uh, but at the same time, it was so outlandish. And as, as we were talking to Joel, you know, people that that every day they're either buying gasoline or buying groceries. I mean, ninety percent of the America does that once or twice a week. And uh, you know, they, if if they looked at it, they they had to have been just rolling their eyes and saying, "You got to be kidding me." Well, you know, here's the thing, Tom, and I hate to say this, but their target Democratic or demographics are not on their older Democrats; it's on the younger ones, where you know the transgender, everything yeah, else they want to show, and, and the young people. That's a good point. Yeah, it's, it's their total indoctrination. They're trying to pull this off. But here's what I think, and and you may not agree with me, but you might. I think this was the catalyst to get him out of there before he actually makes an official announcement that he's going to run again. Because he's too volatile, and you've had the New York Times, and I believe the New York Post went after Kamala Harris, because she's absolutely as useless as, well, boobs on the bath, you know. Oh, yeah, there's no doubt, Gary. I, um, they, they want to uh, they want to get rid of him, and uh, it's pretty obvious last, uh, just this last weekend when the New York Times came out with that piece, and uh, as you said, they went after uh, Kamala, and the ABC Washington Post poll just went after Joe, and, and it's you know I I, I think it's it's not a matter of them going after them. they're not they're not making up the poll numbers I think the poll numbers are probably pretty accurate but they're just finally realizing yeah. we need to report on it and uh, whereas before they would have just tried to smother the the numbers and not reported on them but now they're saying this guy's this guy's dead weight well, now, needs to go the, the big question the American people need to ask I mean if you look at the big picture uh, of who you, could possibly replace him. You know, the pool is not great, not by a long shot. Yeah. And, I, and I still maintain that somewhere Amy Klobuchar is going to come into this picture because they're eking her out drip by drip by drip. I, I don't know. I, I, I would actually think Betty's choice of, uh, Mich- not, that I, not that I want her as our president, but I think Michelle Obama or uh, Gavin Newsom are probably a, a better shot than Klobuchar. I mean, she... No, no way. Newsom's not going to leave his little kingdom. There's no way. I, I will never go along with that. And Michelle Obama, she's another one. Why would you leave your cushy seafront, you know, 
love NASA for us. That, by the way, is going to be underwater in 10 years. Why don't you Power is a drug. Power is a yeah. drug, Gary. Yeah. Hey, we listen. We thanks for the call. We got to take a break. Stay with us. We'll get to your phone calls. Five six one eight two five five. What did you think about last night's speech? We'll be right back. reluctant after being here 37 years to tell people what the American people think. Uh, and I don't. I can't swear I do. I know what I think. I think I know what they think, but I'm not sure what they think. <laughs> this is Eastern Carolina News and Views. You know, we were talking during the break. Uh, year after year after year, when you have the State of the Union, you always have the response from the opposing party. And regardless of how good or bad the State of the Union speech is, the response is always very, very weak as compared to the State of the Union address. I mean, for one thing, you don't have a live audience, and, uh, you know, it's you, you got just a few minutes where the president has got, you know, the cheering crowd. And Last night, for the first time that I can ever remember, the response was much better mm-hmm. than the State of the Union speech. Kudos to Sarah Huckabee Sanders. Uh, she just she hit it up. I, I think it's the best response on, from either party yeah, as far as yeah. delivery. No, I agree. Um, that I ever recall. I agree. Um, she said, "I'll be the first to admit, President Biden and I don't have a lot in common. I'm for freedom. He's for government. I, at 40, I'm the youngest. At 80, he's the oldest president in American history. She was the youngest governor in the country." Sanders said, I'm the first woman to leave my state. He's the first man to surrender his presidency to a woke mob who can't even tell you what a woman is. Mm. Uh, that was just the opening lines. By the way, um, Joe Biden took a victory lap last night for the strong manufacturing sector. The nation's most influential manufacturing association today said no, it was President Trump who's responsible for the strong performance in the industry. Uh, Biden noted in his speech that the United States has created 800,000 manufacturing positions over the past two years, a claim that aligns with data from the Bureau of Labor Statistics. Um, quote, where, where is it written, this is what Joe said last <coughs> night, that America can't lead the world in manufacturing again. For too many decades, we imported products and exported jobs. Now, thanks to all we've done, we're exporting American products and creating American jobs. National, Associ- National Association of Manufacturers CEO Jay Timmons responded by docking Biden for not supporting the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act that was signed by Trump at the beginning of his administration. Timmons, whose trade association represents nearly 80% of Fortune 100 manufacturers, said the reforms established by the Foundation for the Robust State of the Sector was a reflecting of, a reflection of Donald Trump, not Joe Biden. So um, there you go. It, less than 24 hours later, uh, that is uh, overturned. Nice try, Joe. Five six one eight two five five. Let's go to uh, Larry. Hey, Larry, welcome in. Hey, Larry. Hey, hi, Tom. Hey, how are you, sir? I'm good. I'm good. Um, I just got a couple comments to make about last night and what I thought of today. 
Joe's, Joe Biden's new name should be Lion Biden. <laughs> Lion Biden, now, Ash, that's pretty appropriate. Yeah. yeah, and I was waiting for Kevin McCarthy to tear up the State of the Union address like Nancy did the last time Donald Trump did his. Well, I think he was actually trying to keep everybody at bay. Uh, I, I think there were times that he was enjoying the response, but uh, there were times that I think he wanted his uh, his side of the room to uh, uh, not respond. I, I, I was not surprised that he didn't tear up the speech, frankly. I know, but uh, when Nancy did it, they, they said that's a part of the National Archives, and that should never be tore up. Yeah. You know? Well, the media loved they, it when Nancy tore it up, but the media wasn't too happy oh, last yeah. night with the uh, the way the Republicans uh, responded. Yeah, how, how quickly they right. forget yeah. the way the Democrats acted during the Donald yeah. Trump administration. Bingo. Bingo. Yeah, yep. Lion yep. Biden, but I like it, Larry. Uh, okay, yep, thank you. You bet. Josh Thanks, and Bath. Hey, Josh, welcome in. Hey, Josh. Hey, Josh, good to be on with you again. I... Um, I love the back and forth, and I love the explanations um, of some of the recent stuff, but you have to understand, all this is moot because we are right back to the Boston Tea Party. We are at taxation without representation. As long as these people are in control of our government, they're going to take the tax money that they get from people that don't want to pay it because they're doing things they don't like with it and giving it to people that aren't working to help pay those taxes. Yeah, that's uh, I I don't disagree with that at all. Yeah, they're very generous. Uh, all politicians, but particularly Democrats in Washington, but they're very generous with the taxpayers' money, and they and they like to say, you know, we did this and we did that a lot, or I did that. When you know they don't have any money, that the, the money comes from the taxpayers, comes the from the citizens. It's the all ours. Yep. Glenn Beck had a good line earlier today that said that. For so many generations, we have let government take and take and take. And he said this needs to be the first generation that starts taking these people back out of government. Well, the big myth is, though, that uh, the government has basically convinced enough people that, no, we're here to give and give and give. And uh, that's basically all the speech was last night, all the things that uh, Joe was going to do for you, uh, which he will end up having to pay for. But, uh, you know, it uh, again, I think it was uh, Dana Perino last night on the uh, post-game coverage. She said, boy, pretty obvious the big government is back, in Joe's eyes anyway. We'll be right back. Back to News and Views. Talk 96.3 and 103.7. So uh, Joe Biden apparently is changing the rules. or you know, He's trying to get right now the whole loan forgiveness thing for students is uh, in the courts. Uh, but he continues to come out with more rules. Will he try it? I mean, you know, the courts... Uh, offer opinions, but that there, that doesn't mean that Joe is not going to come out with another executive order that you'd have to take back to the courts again. But uh, the latest deal is that you're going to get a certain amount of forgiveness on your student loan based on what your major is. This story just out today from Fox News. Bottom line is, if you major in something like gender studies and you get a sociology degree, you're going to have a better chance of getting your entire or at least 90% of your loans forgiven versus, versus if you have an engineering degree. 
and we're in desperate need of engineers. Yeah. Now, that, get that aren't from China or India. <laughs> if if you have an engineering degree, you're gonna have to pay 100% of it back. Now, I mean, part of it might be because listen, you have no marketable skills if you have a gender studies degree. The only thing you're going to do with that is go and teach gender studies at some other university. Of course, the more the Democrats are in control, gender studies becomes a very, very, yeah. uh, very yeah. difficult topic because you know they keep adding another gender every day. Well, yeah, like. and you can't uh, give a definition of what a woman is. So uh, there you go. I, you know, I saw it on this student loan thing. I saw a study months ago about uh, it was in the mid '60s, I think that that the student loans were mainly for uh, graduate school. And then when you drill down to see what those graduate programs were, they were for things like just like gender studies or or women's studies, or I guess they won't say women's studies anymore, or um, you know sociology and things such as that. And it, it, it's nonsense. And that's why college expenses continue just to skyrocket because if you got a customer that don't question costs, right. then then why? Right. Why are you going to contain your costs? It's the same reason why medical costs have gone so high. I mean, because you get thirty third party payers, and they say, "Well, they'll keep paying it. We're going to keep taking the price up." And exactly that, you're exactly right. I mean, the cost of college is just uh, gone through the roof because you've got free money, and uh, people are saying, "Well, they're going to give me the free money. I'm going to go ahead and pay for it." And of course, the colleges and the universities, the state universities, they they just continue to propagate the socialist uh, ideology so uh, the whole thing is cyclical and uh, everybody uh, is happy except if you're conservative and, <laughs> and you're a taxpayer then you're not too happy i think that worm is turning in north carolina though. i think uh, i hope I think you're right seeing some changes i hope you're Republican right. leadership in the house and senate in north carolina Hey, thanks for being with us today. Our thanks to Joel Griffith, and uh, we'll do it again tomorrow. Play a little political trivia. See you then. Bye-bye, everybody. All right, all right.